Hello and welcome to the Yoga and Yum podcast. This is Sybil. I'm your host. I'm super happy that you're here. This is a place where we come and experience all the yum in life. And that's what I try to serve you up every single week. So today is the last installment of my anti-anxiety toolbox. If you haven't had a chance to listen to all of the little tools, this is tool number seven. So you can kind of look back at the menu of Yoga and Yum and listen to all of them. Hopefully there's something in there that resonates with you. But I just really wanted to share because sometimes it really helps to listen to what works for other people. I mean, it's just that simple and plain. I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a doctor or a nurse. I am a health coach and a registered yoga teacher specializing in yoga therapy. And I've lived with anxiety for as long as I can remember. (laughs) So today we kind of come to the crescendo, I'm going to call it, because of all of the other tools in my toolbox, this is the one that is the most challenging. It's the thing that I feel like I have to be always on top of. Some things are super easy, like spending time in nature. That I just do. Um, Getting joyful movement. That I just do. Breathing. That just, it just seems to happen. I do it so much that it's like second nature. Some of the other mental things, I use them when I need them. And so they do take some practice or some repracticing. The connection to people that I talked about, that is something that isn't as automatic because I just started really being mindful about building those relationships and finding my tribe and finding my people and connecting with them on a regular basis. So that's been a little bit of effort, if you will. But this last one is an everyday thing. And the thing that helps me is I just am super dedicated to being ultra mindful. And this whole journey is really about mindfulness, that deep mindfulness. And so a few episodes ago, it's actually not a few. (laughs) This is technically of all of my episodes. This is episode 33 or maybe it's 34. (laughs) I think it's 34. So way back in my first season, in episode nine of season one, I had an episode that was called, How's Your Information Diet? So go back and listen to that because this tool involves that as well. And the seventh tool is to be, for me, is to be ultra mindful and careful about what I consume or what I let in. And so what does this mean? It means if I refer back to episode nine of season one, it means I'm ultra mindful and ultra careful about information that I consume, whether it's the news, I don't watch it on a daily basis, hardly ever watch it. 
it is too stressful for me. It makes my nervous system go haywire. It's too much. It's just too much. There's just too much suffering in the world. I can't just watch it all the time. Just give me the highlights and make it super short. Like, what do I have to know? What do I need to know? And and literally for me, it's on a need to know basis and keep it short. So I don't really watch the news. It's, you know, social media accounts like I've canceled or unfollowed a bunch of people because sometimes the stuff that they put on is really triggering. It's what am I reading? What am I watching? In episode nine of that How's Your Information Diet, I talked about how I love the show Stranger Things, right? Love Stranger Things. But that last season was so intense that I couldn't binge watch it because I could literally feel my whole body buzzing and it's hard to sleep. And if I can't get any sleep, then the anxiety is just insane. So I don't want to really go into that again so much because I've already recorded that and it's there for your listening pleasure. So check that out. But not only the information that I consume am I ultra careful about, I'm also careful about what I put into my physical body. So what am I eating and what am I drinking? And being on this journey has really like brought things to light. And some of those things are really sad for me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But it's really for the better good. So what do I mean by some things are really sad for me? So years ago, I learned that caffeine for me is not my friend. It's just not my friend. And I love those coffee drinks. And I love, you know, black teas and chai and all the things. But it doesn't like me. And it affects me on not only an energetic level, but physically, it messes with my nervous system. It sends me into this sense, this feeling of fight or flight, this sympathetic response that I don't really need. And it just doesn't serve me. So I've had to cut that out. I have to be really careful with how much chocolate I consume. I still love chocolate, but I have to be super careful about how I consume it. Because if not, I pay. And it's not just I'm just paying physically that I have a bellyache or I'm gassy or something like that. It's It affects how I respond to stuff. Like how I might respond to having a conversation with my husband or my kids. Or I'm responding from this space of fight, flight, or freeze instead of in a space of rest and digest where I can really hear you. And I'm like one with you in this conversation. I'm like screaming in my brain. And I can't have that. I don't like, it's not worth it to me to consume it no matter how tasty it is. But it's still tempting. I have to be careful about alcohol. Like when I was younger, I used to be able to go out with friends and have a couple of martinis, no big deal, a little bit tipsy, whatever. I've learned that when I'm really honest about it, it affects me in a way that it just does not serve me. And I'm not just talking, you know, the puffy face afterwards or the upset stomach. I'm not just talking that. It affects me 
on a nervous system level in ways that take me a long time to recover from. And it just isn't worth it. I'm not saying I never consume alcohol. I'm saying I'm super mindful. So if I do go to the you know, restaurant or to the bar with a friend or with my husband and I order something, it is top shelf. <laughs> yeah, I'm paying $20 for the drink because I'm only going to have one. And I'm going to sip it, I'm going to enjoy it, and that's going to be it. And I'm going to be super well hydrated if I choose to do that. And I can count on one hand the times this year that I've done it. But I'm not going to say, oh, I'm never going to do it. But when I do, it is with insane mindfulness behind it. And if I, you know, don't have the drink or what I've done that too, it's like not that big of a deal because when I leave the restaurant or leave the occasion... I feel good and like good, not just in body, but good in like in deeper body, right into the nervous system. I'm also super careful about what I eat. Well, when I was in health coaching school, we learned about something called the energetics of food. And also when I was studying to be a yoga teacher, we did a lot of study in Ayurveda. And so Ayurveda is kind of like the sister science of yoga. It's called the science of life. I don't want to get too deep into that. I might do this into another episode. But that food, all food, possesses a quality. It possesses, you know, a heavy earth quality or an air quality or a water quality. It possesses these qualities and it affects you and affects everybody that eats it differently. And so for me, I used to be like, I went vegan back in 2016. I might tell that story one day. It's actually pretty beautiful and it's heartbreaking and beautiful at the same time. I was kind of a junk food vegan. So I ate a lot of the convenience foods and the stuff that mimicked meat-based or animal-based foods like the macaroni and cheeses and the burgers and stuff like that. And what I found was when I started kind of cleaning that up and then so it's really weird, like once you clean your diet up, when you go back, even if you kind of dabble again, it's like your body goes into a revolt. Like, what the heck are you putting in me? You've been clean this long and now you're going to bring that in? Like, uh -uh, I don't think so. But what I learned from kind of that dabbling is certain foods affect me, not just that kind of heavy, gassy, uncomfortable feeling where I, you know, my joints get sore and that kind of thing. Like it literally doesn't agree with me. But again, it affects my nervous system and how I respond to things. So that really is, um, and it's huge. And I, and I say it's heartbreaking because the more and more truth I tell about what my truth is in terms of consumption, whether it's information or food, it's heartbreaking because it kind of separates me even more from the mainstream. And it's harder to, it's harder when people kind of ask you about it. And then they're either kind of poo-poo it or 
decide they won't support it or whatever their stance is. And then you can have whatever stance you want. Like, that's you. That's cool. Whatever. But it makes you feel more isolated, which I talked about in another episode that that being separate from other people can also cause anxiety. So it's been both liberating and a little bit heartbreaking at the same time, but I found my happy medium because I do have this beautiful community of support that kind of thinks and eats like I do. And it's nice because you feel like you're not by yourself. I don't feel like I have to justify anything that I do. And certainly I'm not out here telling people how they should eat or what they should. You have to kind of find your way, what works for your body. But I think the point here is, is to be truthful about it and to kind of stand in that truth and then practice that truth sometimes separates you from things like family traditions from stuff that your friends do and that you've always done together and all of a sudden you're not doing this. I remember my sister asking me once last year, we did a podcast together. It was my niece's podcast. It wasn't this one. She said, you know, we grew up in the same house. We had the same parents. We ate the same food. How did you get here? And that is such a hard it was a harder, I didn't, I don't even think I had the conversation, but it's, you know, it's sometimes confronting and challenging when people kind of confront you that way. And then they kind of see you different sometimes. And that can be stressful too. So I found the happy medium, things that work for me, things that ease my nervous system and make it so that I am more adept in moving from fight or flight into rest and digest. That to me is everything because then it's life is just easier to cope with. When you have do things that soothe your nervous system, strengthen your nervous system so that you can efficiently move from, you know, sympathetic response, because we need that response. I'm not saying we shouldn't have it. We need it. It it can keep us alive, right? But to be able to move from that, and then when there is the absence of threat, that we can kind of slide back into rest and digest and kind of go on with our day. Like for me and for I, for me as a person that has this sort of chronic anxiety, that's everything. And I know I'm still claiming the chronic anxiety because, you know, I, I think it's always the potential of it kind of rearing its ugly head is always there. But I've made peace with it and I've learned how to soften it like so much where I've been lucky enough, I guess, to avoid medication. I'm not against medication. If you need it, please take care of you. You don't have to not do that if that's what works for you. You're working with your health provider. But I am grateful from all the things that I've learned where I haven't had to go that route. So that is the last tool. And it's a big one. And it's one that I mean, it's constant work. It that it's it's 
a lot more work than any other is just to be ultra mindful about what I let in, whether it's information, social media, books I read, television I watch, stuff I eat and drink, just ultra, ultra mindful about what I allow in, into my sphere, into my body. That is everything, even though, yes, I feel like sometimes I pay for it in some way, whether I make someone else feel uncomfortable or whatever, or I'm constantly saying, like, oh, let's go out and have a drink. And I'm constantly saying, oh, let's go see a movie instead or something else instead, because I just don't do it anymore. And I don't do it not because I'm trying to be antisocial. I do it because it's what's best for me. And I feel so much better when I stay firm in my truth. And that's it. You know, it's I stay firm in my truth and I do what I have to do to take care of me. So that is the this is the end, right, of this series. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I would love to know like your feedback and maybe some of your own tips and tools that could help someone else because I feel like so many people in the world right now are just so anxious because it feels like we live in an anxious world. Like there's just we're surrounded by so much negativity and hate and I think that there's such a spotlight on that all the time where it seems like that's all there is sometimes it's easy to kind of get wrapped into that and I think it's so damaging for our children even kids that are growing up in this like I don't remember growing up in this of course I didn't grow up with the internet too so you know I hope that some of these things have helped a lot and I will be sharing other things, programs, things, things like that, that I'm going to be offering online soon, as soon as I <laughs> create them, that can kind of help other people develop their own toolbox, like going through the different state, like areas of your life. I won't say stages, but areas of your life that where you can make these mindful tweaks, because this toolbox that I've created has taken years it wasn't like oh in six months I'm gonna do this now this has been this is years this is probably more than a decade in the making but I'm so glad that I am where I am so I hope that this has been helpful all right my friends thank you so much for tuning in it really means a lot if you feel so moved please consider leaving a review or even better, please share this episode with someone that it could really help. For more, you can follow me on Instagram at Yoga and Yum with Sybil and on Facebook at As You Are Yoga and Yum. Until next time, here's wishing you all the yum in life. Peace. Bye.